John chapter 18. And we are in verse 28. So here in John chapter 18, verse 28, Jesus had been arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, right after the Last Supper. He had been taken to the high priest Annas. And, from the, and there was a little court, a little trial there. And from there, it, it was going to another high priest, bit about that later, as we talked about last week, the high priest Caiaphas. He's on the road to the, to, the, uh, to the cross here. It's right in the middle of the road to the cross. Verse 28 says, Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, so in verse 24, let's just back up to verse 24. There it says, Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. And then skip down to verse 28 again. They led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium. The praetorium was, was a courtroom, a Roman courtroom. And it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but they, that they might eat the Passover. Then went out to them and said, What accusations do you bring against the man? In other words, the, the Jews had, had, had condemned Jesus. We'll see that death. And then they bring them uh, court. So they're bringing them to a Roman court because the Roman court could sentence someone to death. The Jewish court didn't do that. That's why they bring him to the Roman court. Well, it says, in verse 29 again, what accusation do you bring against this man? And they answered and said to him, if he were not evil doer, delivered him up. Then Pilate said to him, you take him and judge And therefore the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate said, uh, therefore, to him, are you a king then? And Jesus you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Verse 38, Pilate said to him, What is truth? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we have it right in front of us. The truth 
And I thank you, Lord, that those ringing words of Jesus that we read earlier in the book of John, that the truth sets us free. pray for everyone in this room this morning who's not free, no freedom, who's living like a caged bird, singing on the inside, but just caged up in their, their song, dulled. Just pray that you would free them by your word. Take that to my own heart, too. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. So at the beginning of this chapter, we saw Jesus arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's probably around midnight. He was bound, chained, taken to the high priest Annas. Annas, the high priest, questioned Jesus, the high priest. We saw last week with complete self-control and respect for the office of high priest, Jesus confronts Annas, the high priest. This is a fascinating scene with the high priest questioning the high priest and the high priest responding and confronting him. One of Annas' high priests, the officers, strike Jesus in the face. Jesus, with complete self-control, responds to him. Again, in verse 24, Annas, the high priest, sends Jesus chained up, bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. We explained uh, last week that in the Old Testament, there was only one But the Romans didn't like that. And that actually, the one high priest was high priest for life. The Romans didn't like all that power being in, in one person. So they appointed a high priest every year. But in the background, the Jews knew who was really the high priest. So there was really a Jewish high priest. It was Annas. And then there was Caiaphas, who was his, Annas' son-in-law, who sort of played as the puppet for Annas in the background. He was the, the Roman high priest, if you will, the Roman Jewish high priest. I think it's important, because last week, and if you weren't here, you may want to listen to the sermon we discuss what happened when Jesus was before Annas, the high priest. And then again, in verse 24, Annas sends him to Caiaphas, the high priest. And then in beginning today, verse 28, it says, uh, from there, from Caiaphas, they led him uh, from Caiaphas to the praetorium, which is the Roman court. I think it's very important that you understand what happened right before Jesus got to the Roman court. It's not recorded in John. It's recorded in Matthew and Luke. John assumes that you've read. Matthew and Luke. But I think it's important for today that we understand what happened right before verse 28. And this is what happened. It says in Matthew, verse, chapter 26, verse 63, Caiaphas the high priest answered and said to Jesus, so this is what happened just probably a half an hour before or something like that, before 
Jesus appears before the Roman judge. He's appearing before the Jewish judge. And the Jewish judge, Caiaphas, answered and said to Jesus, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, It is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? They answered and said, He is deserving of death. And so they, they condemn him to death. The Jewish court condemns him to death. Let's read what happens just after that. It says this, Then officers, the Jewish uh, soldiers, those who are in charge of the temple and guarding uh, the high priest, it says they spat in his face, they beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ. Who is the one who struck you? So this is what happens. We just, we just read what happened right before Jesus shows up at the place of the Roman Pilate in verse 28. You know, Can we have that again, David? This is a disturbing verse. And, and we read a verse just like this last week. And we're going to read a, a verse like this uh, next week. And we're going to read a verse like this uh, the week after that. And the week after that. It's disturbing. And it's unpleasant. And you know... A couple weeks ago, I did a sermon, an entire sermon on humility, that one thing that is most lacking in the church in America, humility. I used chapter 8 of Deuteronomy where Moses tells the Israelites, he says, I've led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. Deuteronomy is a great place to learn humility about how to be humble. Brother, sister, listen up. <laughs> you want to be humble? You just stay camped on the road to the cross. Do not pay attention to so many of these modern, progressive pastors and preachers who find it all disturbing, who don't like the blood thing. There's a famous theologian who says a lot of things interesting to me about Jesus, but the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is not one of them. People are saying this today, these things. But if you want to be humble, Never stray too far from Jesus on the cross and Jesus on the road to the cross. Reading about it, thinking through it, praying about it, uh, meditating on it often. 
Again, much of what you read is disturbing and unpleasant, but when you consider he did all of this for you, this for you, that's why it's written. A third of them are dedicated to the last 24 hours of Jesus' life and all, all this resurrection. God doesn't want you straying far from the cross. So let's pick up. They says that verse 28 says they led Jesus from Caesarea to the Praetorium, this, this Roman court. And again, this Roman court they're showing up at because they want to they want to put him to death, and they can't do that legally. They know that they cannot do that. And it goes on, and it says in verse 28, they uh, led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the Praetorium, lest they should be defiled but that they might eat the Passover. So what's going on here is the Jewish priests, the soldiers, those trying to put him to death, um, normally uh, they would go right into the Roman court. But according to their law, they, which is not in the Bible, this is just stuff that they added. They said, no, we can't go during a religious feast. We can't go into a court of a non-Jew because that would defile us and we wouldn't be able to participate in the feast. Oh! <laughs> and Christians don't do this because we do this. <laughs> we, we, we get so caught up in external appearances of what a Christian's supposed to look like, act like, smell like, talk like, drink like, eat like. We forget about the heart and soul of who we are, and that's about love. And, and things were no different for Jews in the Old Testament. It's all about love. Love, 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 love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. That's from the Old Testament. They had forgotten about that. So they wanted to make sure they could participate in the feast. They didn't want to get dirty. And, and, and were at the same time putting an innocent man to death. Putting a man to death that they knew that was innocent. Don't do that. We do that with our Christian faith. Don't, don't do that. It goes on, it says in uh, verse... 29, Pilate then went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? And they answered and said, if he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. In, in case you're scratching your head reading that, if you're scratching your head reading that, you, you should be. <laughs> there, there's, there, it's like a prosecutor going up to a judge with, with someone who's a prisoner wanting to prosecute them in front of the judge, and the judge sa says to the prosecutor, uh, hey, don't worry, judge, just sentence him. I'm 
uh, if he was uh, not guilty. What? You've got to be kidding me. That's what they're doing. See, they, don't, they know they don't have a charge. <laughs> you just saw here uh, earlier when he was before Caiaphas and, and that Caiaphas is ri uh, ripping his robes and saying, blasphemy, 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 God. God. Something else. And so they try to just you know, come under the radar. Oh, he's guilty. Just sentence him to death. Pilate says in verse 31 to them, he says, you take him and judge him according to your law. And here the truth comes out. Therefore the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. They just, that's what was really going on. So Pilate's figuring this out. Ah, okay. Verse 32, be fulfilled which he spoke, signifying what death he would die. Now we saw earlier in the book of John, we saw this verse. I believe it's John chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus says, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all myself, it, 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 meaning the cross, when he was lifted up on the cross. When, when Jews sentenced someone to death, the penalty was stoning. But the Jews couldn't sentence someone to death, and so they were sending him to the Romans, and what the verse is saying is that in addition to prophecy about Jesus, his own prophecy was being fulfilled that he would be lifted up. He wouldn't be stoned on the ground. He'd be lifted up on a cross. That's what verse 32 means. So let's read with me carefully here. Verse 33 says, Pilate entered the praetorium, meaning the courtroom. So Pilate was, he was like a king. In fact, the, the Roman Empire was such that there was these little kingdoms all over the place, and over some of the kingdoms, the person would be called the king. In other places, they would be called a governor, but they had the same amount of power. You could, he's, he's like a king, and at the very top in Rome was the Roman emperor, and he sort of pulls the strings of all these kings and governors. But he's also a judge. So today, we have separate executive and judicial branch. Then it was the same thing. He was the ultimate judge of the land. Verse 32, uh, Pilate enters the courtroom, the praetorium, and he called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? So what's going on there is that the Jews, the accusations that the, that, that the Jews had brought uh, to Pilate was not that he blasphemed because they knew that Pilate would laugh at that. But hey, this guy's making himself out to be a king. Like the kind of king that revolts against the Roman emperor. That's who he is. So that's what's going on here. Pilate says, are you a king? And Jesus answered him and said, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? And Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, 
my kingdom is not of this world. Notice he says, my kingdom is not of this world. He didn't say my kingdom is not in this world because his kingdom is in this world. Jesus is in, in control. <laughs> He's in com complete control of every king. But it's not of this world, meaning it doesn't spring up from the same source. It doesn't spring up from dirty politics, from money, from lying, from cheating. The kingdom of this world that is, is brought, it was springing up through uh, the providence, the glory of God, and, and it's a kingdom run by the rule of love. Napoleon said, you probably heard this verse, uh, rather the saying of Napoleon, he said, my kingdom it was, uh, it was brought about by brutal force and everyone's abandoned me. Jesus Christ's kingdom was brought, brought about by love and millions around the world would... world. He is king. He says, but my kingdom is, is not of this world, meaning it's not a threat to you, Pilate. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. And Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. And Pilate, every one who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is the truth? So we're going to have a, a shorter message today because of the testimony. And so I will wrap up these very important verses that teach us about the heart of God in this way. Most commentators of the Bible take the position that when Jesus says what he does to Pilate, when he says to Pilate, when Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And, and Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself? And, and when Jesus um, says uh, to Pilate, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Most commentators uh, uh, believe and write that when Jesus says what those things, he's doing what any humble, righteous person would do in front of a judge. He's just responding honestly to the judge. He's, he's trying to make the record straight. In other words, when he says um, in verse 34, uh, to Pilate, when Pilate asks him, are you a king? And Jesus answers and says, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you concerning this? What many, most commentators will say is that, well, Jesus is basically saying, look, are you hearing this as like direct evidence? Like you've noticed this yourself? Or are you listening to this trumped up charge? In other words, lawyers call it hearsay. Is it just hearsay that I'm a king? Like you've heard this from these Jews, trumping up these charges? Or have you noticed this myself? So most commentators say when he's saying these things, he's, all he's doing is just being honest and trying to set the record straight. They 
maybe, just maybe, just maybe, Jesus is telling this man. It says, people today, they, they rage against the doctrine of hell. They rage against the doctrine of hell because it's such an unpleasant fact. Where Jesus talks about it more than everyone else combined. Now, could it be that when Jesus is looking at this man, he is seeing the rages of the fires of hell engulfing this man? Could that be? I personally believe that the reason that most commentators don't even go there to the fact that when Jesus says to this guy, wait, are you speaking? Are you searching for a king? Or, or, and when he tells him, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice, are you going to hear it? I personally believe the reason most commentators can't imagine he's trying to save Pilate is because Pilate was an incredibly wicked man. Philo, the Jewish philosopher, and, and I apologize, I couldn't get an accurate translation on this in Spanish. So the Jewish philosopher who lived at the same time as Pilate says this of Pilate, he had vindictive vindictiveness, a furious temper, was naturally inflexible, a blend of self-will and relentlessness, corruption, and his acts of insolence, his rapine, that means violently killing someone, and his uh, habit of insulting people, his cruelty, and his continual murders of people, untried and uncondemned, his never-ending and gratuitous and most grievous humanity. That how he is described. And that's how he was. A man cannot even imagine that in the flames of hell. And he's telling Are you attracted to the king of the universe? And are you interested? Are you interested in listening to the voice of truth? We have such a limited view of the love of God and such a shallow, ridiculous view of the reality of hell. Jesus didn't. That's why he talked about hell more than anyone else, because he loved. As high as the heavens are above the earth is the way Jesus loves. But he also had the knowledge of hell, the lake of fire, not prepared for human beings, but prepared for angels, uh, Satan and his angels. But we learn from the Bible that unbelievers, those who reject this man, this son of God, those who reject him, who was beaded repeatedly and then had it with scourge, had an iron stake driven through his hands and through his feet. Rejecting him would go there. And Jesus says, it says he came to save, to seek, to seek out, seek out men like you and save them.
So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up at this time. And I would just like to, in this closing song, for us to worship our Savior. Our Savior who took this path Tried by a Jewish court, beaten. Tried by a Roman court, beaten. Led to the cross, crucified. And he did it for you. And he did it so that also you would love him, would worship him, and look upon that neighbor who you are looking down through your nose like that. Oh, this wicked, contemptible person. Surely Jesus would never die for a person like this. Why is there so much about Jesus' road to the cross and the cross itself? A third in the resurrection, a third of the, of the Gospels. But the last one day, one to four days of his life. Because God wants you to worship the Lord Jesus with every molecule in your body, with every itsy, pitsy, eensy, beensy bit of your spirit. He wants you worshiping the King. So let's worship together. If you've been called to pray, please come up. Why don't you stand? We'll close in prayer. If you've been called to pray, uh, be a prayer partner, please come up. If there's anything you'd like to pray about, if you'd like to come to Jesus today, you've never done that. You've never come to him and embraced the truth of who he is, that but for this road to the cross, but for the cross himself, you're deserving of death and hell. But that he came to seek and save you. If the truth be told, the Bible says that you and I are no different than Pontius Pilate. That description of Pontius Pilate that we put up on the projection screen, the Bible in your heart and mind. That's why this, this, this path to the cross and the cross itself was as ugly and as costly as it was. So let's worship. And if you'd like prayer, please come up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for exposing to your word, to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Stir us up to worship. Jesus' name.